excited to introduce you to today's episode on the topic of parenting with excellence. Man, if you are a parent or you want to be a parent, there's probably no greater life's work than you've been called to than to disciple your kids, lead them to Jesus, and to raise them up for all that God has called them to be. Parenting is an incredible stewardship, and it's something we take very seriously here at All Peoples as part of our calling as believers. A righteous man, the Bible says, leaves an inheritance to his children's children. That is the power of generational transformation and the power of excellent parenting. In this podcast, you're going to hear a segment from a recent equipping seminar we did called Parent with Excellence at All People's Church. You're going to hear Pastor Suzanne Lair, who is part of the founding team at All People's San Diego, and then also she and her husband, Jonathan, planted All People's Tijuana, and now they're in All People's South Bay. You're going to hear from her on some practical tips on how to parent with excellence. This is a very, very actionable podcast. You're going to want to listen a couple times and take notes. So let's dive in now on the subject of parenting with excellence. of life. You're in a different season of life. You come in with things that you're thinking like, in parenting, this is going great right now. And then this is really challenging. And so I know that each of us have different situations that we're bringing in here today. But my prayer is that as I'm speaking today, that God gives you something to take home today, that God gives you something and puts in your heart to say, yes, that is what I needed. That is what I needed today. And I want to first of all encourage you, God gave the specific kids that you have in your family to you. He didn't give my kids to you. He gave my kids to me because he knew that I was specially equipped and gifted to parent them. And he gave your kids to you because you have what it takes. You have what it takes to raise these precious gifts unto God and into the people that they're created to be. You have what it takes. And I want to encourage you that as you have the Holy Spirit living within you, I hope today you've got some visions and practicals that you walk away with. But more than anything, I want you to know the Holy Spirit living in you has exactly what you need for your season, and for your specific situation. And when we ask, God says, I will give you wisdom, the wisdom from heaven. And so when we ask, he is going to give us that wisdom from heaven to deal with our specific situation. And Sarah said this as well, but that's what I love about us walking in community, walking in life group, walking with different people that are in our same season of life. Goodness, I text Sarah all the time. I'm like, what is it with these teenagers? What are we going to do? We pray for each other. We're walking through it together. And that's why God has given us community. So with very specific situations, we're probably not going to hit on all the specific situations today, but grab a friend who's in your same season of life and say, hey, in this specific thing, what what should we do? Pray together. Ask the Lord together. He's going to meet you there in the middle of it. So why do we want to parent with excellence? Well, it's because God told us to. God gave us these precious children, and he gave us the job to do this. In Proverbs 22.6, in the Amplified, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go. 
teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And so when my kids were little, so now I have them, my kids ranging from 15 to eight, all of a sudden we're getting into like the teenage years. It's a whole new adventure. But when they were little, I would literally just watch the people around me and say, okay, how are they raising their kids and what does that look like? And I want to do it like them. And so, so many of the things I'm sharing today are not just like great ideas I had out of my mind, but they are a collection of so many people that I've walked with and my husband, John, and I have walked through th- with through the years and that we've gained and gleaned from other people. And I love that it says when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I want want that for my kids. I don't want just to, like Sarah was saying, I don't want to have just like, you know, toddlers and preschoolers that know how to obey, but I want teens and young adults who are running after their destiny in God, who love Jesus and know how to have relationship with God. That's my goal. I want them to grow up to be adults who love Jesus. And so I think of it, an illustration like this, I'm a very visual person, so it helps me to have illustrations. But I think when we have these babies and we have these little tiny babies, God gives us a suitcase of all of these things that he wants us to give to our children. Now, I don't know if you've ever traveled with kids. We travel a lot with our kids. We travel internationally all the time. And so we had these little tiny kids and we would have like bags. And of course, what did the kids want to do? I want to pull the bag, mom. I want to pull the bag. You're like okay, we'll see. And they pull it for like a minute and they're like, I know I'm done. And so then we started them out with little tiny preschooler backpacks. Have you seen these backpacks? They're like this big. You can hold, they can hold like one, like tiny pack of goldfish. Like that's all that can fit in the bag. But that's what we gave them. Whenever we first started traveling with them, we said, here's your backpack. It's your responsibility you can carry this backpack. And we made sure that it wasn't too heavy. We made sure it just had just enough that they could carry. And they began to carry this backpack. Then as they got older, we let them carry a little bit more, a little bit more until the backpack was bigger. Until now, this is, guys, this rocks my world. Recently, we traveled. They each had their own carry-on suitcase. And they're all like walking through the airport, like navigating it like a pro, carrying their suitcase. I'm like, we have arrived. Praise Jesus. I'm so thankful. It is a new season of travel. But in the same way, we as parents want to give our children just little by little what they can handle. And so every person in here is at a different stage. And so I want you to just be asking the Lord, What's the thing out of this large suitcase of things that I want to give to my kids? What's the one thing that they can carry right now? What's the one thing, the one area I want to move forward in? And so our, our job as parents is to train our children to seek God and to walk in God's ways. So how do we do this? I'm going to share three different ways that we do this. And the first, the first thing I want to share with you today is it starts with me. It starts with me in my own heart. And we're going to talk about kids for sure, but it starts with me. You know, children have a way of refining us. Like before we had kids, I'm like, I'm a very responsible person. I never get angry. I'm very peaceful. I can take care of things. And all of a sudden I started having kids and I'm like, you guys are driving me crazy. What is happening? And it would be like the littlest thing that would send me over the edge. I'm like, oh my goodness, these children are refining my heart. We used to watch this show called The Amazing Race. Well, we still watch it sometimes, but 
they travel, these couples and teams travel all around the world and they have to do like really hard tasks. And I would always look at this show and think, there is no way I could ever be on The Amazing Race. And then one day I realized I'm pushing my cart through the grocery store when my kids were little. And I've got one who was like screaming, I want this. And they're trying to grab stuff off the shelf. I've got another one who wants to tell me the longest story known to man. Do you have any of those kids who just have these stories that you're like, oh, wow, you're still telling the same story? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Tell me more. They're like talking and talking and talking. Meanwhile, I'm trying to actually get the stuff out of the grocery store that I need and trying not to buy things that are too expensive. I'm trying to stay in budget. I'm doing all of this in like a five minute period because I know if we stay longer than 10 or 15 minutes at the store, things are going to start to like really melt down. It's going to be bad. So I'm like, oh no. I am living the amazing race. I am actually living the amazing race as a daily practice in my life. I'm carting like all of these people. And now I have four kids and they know how to, they know how to act in stores, but it's still there's a lot of people to take through a store, like a, a herd of people. Like, come on, all of you crowd of people, let's go through the store. It's a lot. Okay. So we know that when we are walking with our kids, they have a way of, of really exposing what's in our hearts. And so what I want to be asking myself is what in my heart does God need to deal with first? Before I start to try to teach my children anything, God, what in my heart do you need to deal with? Are there places where you need to root out anger and bitterness in my own heart? Because I can't give to them what I don't have. I have to receive it from God first before I'm able to give it away. And so, yes, it's so important for us to spend time in God's word. We want our kids to see us spending time in God's words. We're modeling for them always. So it's so important for us to, for them to see us spend time in his word. But also, what are they seeing is the outflow of that. As I spend time in God's word, is it shaping me? Is it molding me as a person, as a woman of God, as a man of God? Where are those places where I am allowing the word of God to change me? Because here's the deal. Kids will, they, they have like x-ray vision to see any type of duplicity in our lives, okay? So they're not going to be like, oh, yeah, you, you spend time in God's word, but you're also kind of angry sometimes, you know? No, my kids love to keep a count of how many cups of coffee I've had. They're like, how many is that, mom? Is that three cups of coffee? I'm like, look, I'm my own person. You don't need to keep track of all my coffee, but... Kids see, they see everything and they're not going to, they're not going to be blinded by, okay, here, I see you saying it's really important for us to follow God and to do what he says, but then you're doing this. We want to be people that follow God's word and that that is what's in our hearts and that is what is lived out in our lives. Am I a person that asks for forgiveness? Am I a person that asks for forgiveness? Do I demonstrate grace and patience? I remember hearing this for the first time and realizing, like, I, I was thinking, I don't really need to ask my kids for forgiveness. Like, I'm the mom, they're the kid. And then I realized, oh, no, that is 100% what I want to model for them because I want them to see 
I'm a person too that makes mistakes. And so when I do something and maybe I like raise my voice in the car or something, we finally get home, I'm able to take a deep breath and I turn around in the car. And so I can't remember who said this to me, but they take off their sunglasses and they want to make eye contact with their kids. They take off their sunglasses and make eye contact with their kids and they say, I'm so sorry. I raised my voice and I was frustrated. I'm really sorry. Will you forgive me? I ask my kids for forgiveness all the time because I am modeling for them what it looks like to receive the grace of God, the forgiveness of God, and pass it on because that's how I want them to live their lives. What am I expecting of my kids that I am not demonstrating myself? Ooh, that'll get you, right? I'm telling my kids all the time, you know, between the four of them, there's multiple relationships that we have in between them. We've got like this one and this one usually get along. This one and this one do not get along. You know, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. So I, if I'm expecting them to get along and show grace and extra patience, am I doing that with the people that I walk with? Am I doing that in my own life? What am I asking of my kids that I'm not showing of myself. We have to start with our own hearts. Um, in Proverbs 15:1, it says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. When I'm dealing with conflict situations, am I coming in with a gentle answer? I really have purposed in my heart to soften and lower my voice when I'm talking to my kids in a conflict situation. Now, it's easy to escalate because, you know, they're fighting in the back seat. One whacks the other one, and you're just like, are you kidding me right now? That's what I want to say. And I've said it multiple times. Are you kidding me? And instead I say, hey, guys, what's going on here? What's going on? Tell me what's going on. I purpose myself to make my voice quieter because the gentle answer turns away wrath. The harsh word is going to stir up anger. In Romans 2.4, it says God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. We want our kids to learn how to repent on their own. We're, we're showing them ways that, hey, we all fall away from God's word and we all sin, but God's kindness is what leads us to repentance. And so my kindness in approaching them is going to lead them to repentance, not my harsh response to them. It starts with our own hearts. It starts with our own hearts. Now, I am a very practical person. I'm always looking for the like, what is the one thing I can do? So for some of you vision people, my husband's really a vision person. He's always like, okay, here's where we're headed. And I'm like, did you pack the snacks and the blanket? And so we make a really good team. But some of you guys are more vision people. And then some of you guys are like, hey, give me the practical that I can walk out of here with. And so the practical piece of starting with our own hearts is Sometimes we feel overwhelmed and frustrated in different seasons because we have unrealistic expectations for the season, okay? So right now, I have four kids. They are all in some type of activity. And so we are running around town all the time. So a lot of days, spoiler alert, 
I pick up Chick-fil-A for dinner, okay? So I am not having the expectation that while I run my kids around in this crazy season, I'm also going to cook them this like very extravagant meal when we come home for dinner. That's too much for my season. And so I want you to translate that to your own life and say, and even talking to each other as couples, or maybe you pull in a friend and say, what things am I carrying right now? What things are important in our season right now? What, maybe you've started a new job. Maybe somebody is traveling a ton for work. There's so many things in our season. And we have to say, okay, if these are the rocks that we can't change about this season, what are the things that we can, okay? Maybe we try to move some things around and get a house cleaner in this season. So I'm not trying to also juggle cleaning the house. Um, especially when your kids are teeny tiny, I realized that I could do two things outside of life with my kids. And in that season, I wasn't working. So obviously a job is like a big one. So if you're home with your littles, you can add about two things in each season. And they're like little, little things. So maybe thinking through what are the things that are in my season right now and how can I change that? Um, Okay, so when, because the reason is a lot of times we can feel in each season our frustration building because my expectation is getting blocked. Okay, so for instance, for example, if my expectation is that we are going to get out the door on time to preschool, if that's my expectation, we're supposed to leave at, you know, 1030 and it's 1025, no one can find their shoes, everyone's running around like a crazy person, and I'm like, Oh my goodness, we're supposed to get out the door five minutes ago. My goal is getting blocked, okay? A kid not being able to find their shoes, that's not really sin. That's just like a kid. It's just a kid being a kid. But my anger and frustration is increasing because my goal is getting blocked. And so I think it's really important for us to look in our lives and say, okay, if my own heart is getting frustrated and angry in certain situations, what goal of mine, spoken or unspoken, is getting blocked? And how can I change that goal so that I can respond softer and gentler? So that's the first thing. We have to start with our own hearts. The second one I want to the second thing I want to talk about is training. Okay, how many of you guys have ever started a new job? Have you started a new job? Okay, so we have all been in a place where we started a new job. So let's say you got to your job the first day, and they're like, "Hey, we're going to need you to make fifteen hundred copies." You're like, "Okay, awesome." Um, and then they just walked away. You're like, all right, so where's the copy maker? And you're walking around the building trying to find the copy maker. And someone comes up to you, they're like, hey, I told you to make those copies. Why aren't you doing it? And you're like, I, I don't know. And then you're walking around and then you make the copies and you bring them to the person. And they're like, no, this isn't the copy of the right thing. And all you feel is frustrated. Why? Because no one trains you. No one trains you how to do the new job. And so you're constantly getting in trouble, but you're like, how in the world? No one ever trained me how to do this. Our job as parents, oftentimes we think our job is to correct the bad behavior or the ways that we think that they're not acting like they're supposed to. But our job, what did it say in the um, in the verse in Proverbs is actually train up a child. Our job is to train them. 
to show them and to walk with them in the way that they're supposed to go. Kids come into the world with a flesh mentality, okay? I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. I mean, as soon as they can talk, they're like, mine, that's mine, it's mine, 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 right? Then you're like, what do you want to do today? Well, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this. And then you're like serving them something for dinner. I don't like that. Have you ever heard this? This is probably not new knowledge to any of you. But kids come into the world with a flesh mentality. They are selfish. They are self-seeking. Foolishness, it says in God's word, foolishness is actually bound up in their hearts. But our job is to teach them a different way. It's to teach them the way of the kingdom. And I love what Sarah was saying, and I totally agree, because our job is not just to, like, turn them into nice human beings. We don't want to raise people who, like, do the right thing and just, like, live an average life. We want to raise people that go into the world and change the world. We want to raise people that don't just conform to the culture of the way things are, but come in and change the spaces and the places they walk into. One of my other jobs in this season is I teach college students and I teach them accounting. And so accounting can be kind of boring at different times. And so it's very easy for my students in my class to fall asleep. It actually happens a lot. But I have this one kid who sits on the front row, makes eye contact with me the entire class, and is like smiling, nodding, like the whole time. I'm like, oh my goodness. But you know what I think? I think, I would like to meet your parents because everyone else in the class is kind of like, whatever. But I know this kid has been raised in a different way. His parents taught him to walk in a different way. We want to raise our kids not just to conform to the culture, but to be world changers. And so in order to do that, we can't just sort of be like, well, we're just going to try to do the best we can. No, we want them to carry the values of the kingdom into the dark world, pushing back the kingdom of darkness with the kingdom of light, being world changers among their peers. Wow, that's a big goal, right? But what that's going to take is a different level of training, okay? So have you you ever seen Star Wars? There's a lot of people living in the Star Wars universe that are just like normal average people. And then there were the Jedi, who were the people that were set apart. And in order to become a Jedi, you had to go through training, right? Now, did the people that were training to be a Jedi, did they just stay in their normal house, living their normal life, and also get trained along the way? No. They were set apart. They came apart from the rest of the world and had this time where they were only focused on their training. That's what I think about our kids in our homes, okay? If I'm at the grocery store and I'm trying to train my kids how to act at the grocery store while we're in the grocery store, it's not going to work. Spoiler alert, not going to work. I have to bring them home, set apart from the distractions of the world to be able to train them in the way that I want them to grow up into, okay? So what does that look like? It looks like a lot of time. It looks like a lot of time. It looks like a lot of repetition. So um, the, the, what I kind of think about the time percentages is as we're training our kids, 99% of that time is going to be in non-conflict times. 
1% is going to be the correction in the conflict times where something's happening that I'm having to correct their behavior. 99% of my time should be spent in the non-conflict times. What does that look like practically? Well, for me, it looked like a lot of really fun things because children learn through play. If I sit down and say, okay, children, here's the five steps to being a good person in the world. Like that's not going to work. They're not going to listen. But what if I say, hey guys, how this is what we're going to, how we're going to act in the store. Okay. We're going to be content. We're going to be quiet and we're going to be close. Okay. Tell me, show me what it looks like to not be content. And they'd be like, I want this. I want this. I want this. I'm like, you're right. What does it look like to be content? We're in the car. We're talking about this. What does it look like to be content? They're like, oh, mommy, could I please have a cracker? Like, yes, awesome. Okay, now show me what it looks like to not be quiet in the store. And they're like, yeah, like, yes, you got it. Now show me what it looks like to be quiet. And they're like, okay, now show me what it looks like to not be close to mommy in the store. And they're like pretending to run all over the store. I'm like, yes, you got it. Now show me what it looks like to be close to mommy in the store. And they'd be like, yes, awesome job. And do you know how many times we talked through that when they were young? 50,000 times, literally. Every single time we would go to the store. I'm casting vision for what it looks like for us to walk into every arena, for every situation. So even the youngest little tiny kids, we start talking about our expectations. So we've got a baby who's throwing their food on the floor. We make it into a fun game. Where does the food go? On the tray and have them hit the tray. But in our homes, we take the time to train. We take the time to show them our expectation. We don't bring them into a situation and just expect them to know how to behave however we're thinking they are going to. Because why? Their their foolishness and their selfishness is bound up in them. We have to train them in how to live a different way. Um, We role play a lot. So what does that look like? We're helping our kids to know how to interact with their peers. And so we sit down a lot and say, okay, this thing happened at school and that was really hard. Okay, so let's talk through how you would do it differently. And I'm going to be the friend and you be the person. My 13-year-old the other day got into a situation at school where she kind of wasn't sure what to do. And she literally said to me later, she's like, it's so funny because I heard your voice in my head and I knew just what to do. And I was like, because here's the thing, it's it's not my voice I want her to hear in my head. It's it's God's voice. But that is, I am the instrument of God's voice in her life as she's learning to hear from God and learning to tap into his wisdom and his direction. Um, so the last thing I want to share, just a super, super practical on um, the training piece. And I'm, I feel like I'm giving just a very overview here. And so just know we're kind of just barely touching the surface here. But I feel like especially in training times, a lot of times with our kids, there's usually about one thing in each season that we can really like drill down on. So for instance, I have like, you know, let's say I have a five-year-old and they like to hit their brother and they also leave their room a total mess and they're super picky with eating or different things. There's different things that we're trying to train on. But in every season, 
I pick one thing that we're really going to dial in on. So every time that child hits their brother, I'm like, okay, no, let's go talk. Let's go talk about this and let's have a discipline. I'm drilling down on this one thing because I can't also deal with all the things all at once. I can only tackle one thing at a time very specifically. So training, training is huge. It's so, so important. And then the last thing I want to talk about is what am I doing in every season to capture my child's heart, to capture my child's heart? Because ultimately, that's the goal. I don't want to raise this person who just like knows how to do the right thing, knows how to say the right answer. I want it to come from their hearts. Like Sarah was saying, we celebrated my daughter's, my oldest daughter's 15th birthday this weekend. And I've been doing a lot of reflection because I'm kind of like, okay, we're 15 years in. Like, A, is this working? Like, I mean, let's just be honest. We got to kind of check in and say, is this working? Is it happening like I'm wanting to, like I'm wanting it to, um, all the seeds that we've planted, all the time that we've invested, is it, is it blossoming into something that is, is what I'm wanting for her and wanting her to be? And my main takeaway as I've kind of been reflecting on this is like we're still working through a lot of different stuff, okay? This, this is not like, hey, we got it all together, check. No, we still have so many conversations and so much training. We're still totally on the journey. But when I look at my oldest daughter, I think, I have her heart. I have her heart. And so when I come in with something that I want to talk about, she knows that I'm for her, that I want the best for her. And so we're able to talk through things and and guiding her and making decisions and making choices because I have her heart. So what does it take? What does it look like to have our children's heart? I think first of all is I like to pull back in every situation. So if I'm seeing a child who, let's say, they come home from school every day with a bad attitude, okay? They come home from school and they're like, ugh, I just, I can't do my homework. I can't do this anymore. And they're yelling at their brother or sister. Instead of drilling down on that behavior, no, you can't talk to your sister that way. Stop talking to your Stop doing that. Stop talking to me like that. I like to pull back and say, what's going on here? What's the bigger picture that I'm going on here? Is it that they're having a really hard time at school and we need to have a conversation about some things that are happening at school. Is it, and I'm about to like rock some people's world right now, is it that they haven't eaten anything, okay? So here's the deal, especially with boys. And those are some of the little details that if I was just focusing on like, why are you having such a bad attitude? Then I'm missing the bigger picture. What does it take to get to our child's heart? It's a lot of time. And especially for for you guys who have multiple children, it's really hard to get that one-on-one time with them. But find the pockets. It doesn't have to be this, like, I'm going to go take this child out on a date. It doesn't have to be this, like, very planned activity. It can just be little tiny pockets of time. I'm going to run an errand. I just take one kid with me and just talk to them the whole time. After school has kind of become like our another like little pocket of time, I pull in the garage, everyone else goes inside, and I just sit for five or ten minutes with the one who's having a little bit of a hard time. Everybody else just starts the the rest of the day, and I'm going to sit with them for just a minute. They all know now that they all they have to say is like, hey, can I just get some time with you? I'm like, finding those little pockets of time in order to spend time with them. 
The other thing we say as a family is there's nothing we can't talk about. There's nothing we can't talk about. You can tell mommy and daddy anything. Is it something that you feel like we're going to freak out about? No, we're not going to freak out. You can tell mommy and daddy about anything. And then you have to work on your poker face. So when they do come and tell you something that someone said at school, you're not like, what? I'm pulling you out of school. No, you're like, yeah, tell me more about that. Make you feel. And inside you're like, oh my goodness, what in the world? But we tell them, you can come to us with anything. Did something make you feel like a little weird inside? Tell mommy and daddy about it. It's not going to be something that we're going to get mad, that we're going to get upset. We want to draw their hearts in. We want them to feel like if something happens anywhere out in the world that they're in, they can come and tell us, and we're going to be a soft place for them to land with it. In each season, I've got to figure out what does my kid need? What does that kid need? And that draws their heart to me when I am looking to see what they need and I'm doing something to meet that need. Um, Now, as teens, we have different situations that we're facing. We have, the stakes are a little bit higher of like the, like, you're just hitting your brother in the backseat, which that can cause injury depending on how old the kid is. And you're like, oh my goodness, like what in the world? But now the stakes are a little bit higher with my teens. And my, one of my daughters and I had a conversation the other day and we've kind of had like a no social media policy. And so she was asking me about this, wanting to get this app that was kind of like social media adjacent. She's like, but it's not social media. We're having this conversation back and forth. And in the end, I was like, you know what? I just, this is going to be a no. I'm sorry. I know that's hard to hear, but like this one's going to be a no. And she was like, okay, yeah, I, I, I understand. And she walked away and I thought, I have her heart. And so the no's that I'm having, we're not throwing down about social media because she knows I have her best interests in mind. I am after her good. And I'm trying to say yes to every single thing possible that I can say yes to. I'm saying yes over and above and beyond because when I say no, I want the no's to matter and to be like, this is actually not just like an inconvenience for me. This is because I care about your heart and I want what's best for you. In parenting, we're going to have a million decisions, a million decisions. Some of them are going to be big. Where do I send my kid to school? Some of them are going to be little. What am I going to, you know, feed them for lunch today? But you're going to be making a million little decisions. But I just want you to have in the back of your head, how am I pursuing my kid's heart, each of them individually, with each of those decisions? As I'm making these decisions and as eventually they're getting older and they're coming in to make that decision together with us, how am I pursuing my kids' hearts. Ultimately, the Holy Spirit is going to guide you. I can't tell you the number of times I've just come in and been like, I am hitting a roadblock with this kid or with this situation. What is going on? And I've just had to sit with the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, show me what this kid needs. Show me what I need to be doing and how I need to be moving forward here. And I would feel the Holy Spirit just put something in my head, very practical a lot of times, but that would be a total game changer in that situation. And so I want to encourage you, God has given you your kids and he's given you what you need 
to parent these kids. And so oftentimes it's just getting away with the Holy Spirit and saying, Holy Spirit, help me to see my kid how you see them. Give me the little piece, the little practical piece that might just change everything.